0: Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Here is Jane Brown.
1: It appears there's finally a viable plan to accommodate both cyclists and drivers on Bloor Street. Details have just recently been made public on a proposed new bikeway pilot project that still needs approval at Toronto City Hall. It would create safe lanes for cyclists on a two and a half kilometer section of Bloor between Shaw Street and Avenue Road, while minimizing traffic disruption by installing dedicated turn lanes and improved traffic signal timing. Yvonne Bambrick is a cycling expert. She's also executive director of the Forest Hill Village Business Improvement Area and author of the book, The Urban Cycling Survival Guide. Yvonne joins us in studio. Thanks for coming to the Zoom Reflex. Nice to see you, Jane. Explain for us what Bloor Street would look like should this pilot project go through.
2: Well, it, there's a variety of different treatments when it comes to the bike infrastructure being proposed. And that is based on what the context of each of those stretches of road are. So depending on which block we're talking about, there's a variety of things. There are sections where there's the typical bike lane that we're used to seeing around the city, which is a line of paint. There's other sections where the parking uh, remains, and then there's a buffered bike lane beside it. So instead of just a single line, you've got a buffer. So it's two lines and like a hash mark. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like a foot-wide It is a buffer but it's a paint buffer and then there's other sections where the parking is shifted away from the sidewalk and the parking buffers the bike lane so you get active traffic uh, parking bike lane sidewalk so that's a a relatively new form of bike lane that uh, that we've seen that we see a lot in montreal we're starting to see here in a couple of sections so it depends on the context of the roadway and what fits where is toronto a cycling friendly city getting there we are a very bike bikeable city you know people have been riding in toronto forever. Uh, i grew up as a teenager years ago in the 80s and 90s riding my bike when we didn't have any infrastructure and the changes have been tremendous and those changes have brought more people onto their bikes and this is not just a toronto thing this is uh, across canada across the u.s i mean new york city is kicking our butt when it comes to changing uh, their streets over to accommodate more riders so we're we're bike bikeable we're getting to be bike friendly.
1: Do people consider the bike as an alternative form of transportation in general when commuting? Say you're you're living in North York and you're working downtown. I mean, I've certainly seen during rush hour that there is a lot of bike traffic on University Avenue.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's more people biking than ever and the numbers go up every year. We don't have recent, super recent numbers and things have changed since the last counts. But, uh, you know, there's on, it depends on where you're coming from so some people have figured out a way to ride the first and last mile, but they're commuting by train like Go train or whatever or, or TTC. so you can ride from your home to transit, get on transit and then ride you know you can take a bike share a bike or there's different ways to accommodate a longer distance commute but lots of people in the, the center of the city are making that choice It's just faster you don't get stuck in traffic you're not waiting for a streetcar you're on your own schedule the route that you want to take. You know, it's it's just such a great way to get around. And it's good for your physical health and mental health and environmental footprint, all those good things.
1: We'd like to hear about your experience with cyclists. Are you a cyclist yourself or have you been in the past? Are you a motorist who deals with a lot of cyclists and sharing the road? We'd like to hear from you. Uh, your calls are, can come in at four one six three six zero zero seven forty one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. If you're driving right now, we know we have a lot of listeners who are behind the wheel. Pull over, give us your feedback. Should cyclists get their own lanes in more parts of Toronto? Will this idea that's being proposed for Bloor Street make it safer? And I'll put that question to you, Yvonne.
2: It absolutely does. Um- bike lanes make the road safer for everybody not just for bicyclists right a lot of the tension on our streets is because drivers are afraid to hit someone on their bike and bikes are afraid to be hit and so when we're having to share curb lanes that you know the pavement's in rough shape and you know, you're, you're, you, bikes are unpredictable to drivers because they're navigating different part, like different part of the street. You're on the side where all the, the rough patches are. So bike lanes make the roads more predictable for drivers. Um, they allow cyclists to have a dedicated space so you know where you're going to see that rider. And it just, it also adds capacity to our roadways. We've got so many more people moving into the city. Our, our population is increasing and there certainly isn't more room for cars, we can tell from congestion. So how do we get some people out of their cars and onto another form of active transportation well we provide them a safe place to do that and encourage them to do so and you know then we've got less people in the cars in front of us we've got added capacity with these bike lanes I mean it's a win for everybody but we do have to navigate this through public consultation like has been done on Bloor Street we've been aiming for bike lanes on Bloor for over 20 years so this is super exciting I think you know the the business community is still trying to figure out what it's going to look like but both BIAs in this stretch the Korean Town, and Annex BIA have both contributed funds with the Metcalf Foundation to study the impacts before and after uh, the implementation. So at least you're having some open-mindedness. Precisely. And uh, that's, that's important. But, uh, I think businesses are beginning, especially Main Street businesses, are beginning to understand the uh, you know, the amount of money that, that bike riders and pedestrians spend in their shops. We're busting those myths about all my customers come by car. Sure, a lot of them do, but a lot of them are walking and biking to get there too. And the more we can make our streets accessible for everybody, I mean, Bloor Street is, has so many destinations all the way along. It's not just about getting people through, but getting people to different places.
1: Let's go to Ed in Toronto. Ed, you have a comment about the proposed bike project?
3: I have a comment about bikes in general okay. in the city having quit riding a bike on uh, streets like Queen Street and and not allowing anyone in my family to to go on those kind of streets after being doored myself way back. And I'll tell you, I went on a one-speed bike uh, all the way to Hamilton and back in one day when I was very young, eh? Uh, I know all about bikes. I was a delivery boy for a drugstore way back uh, carrying glass bottles in it. Streets with streetcars on it, and anyone that's driven, anyone that drives a TTC, if you ask them honestly, uh, you can tell me that bicycles on streets like Queen, Dundas, Bathurst, uh, do not create a hazard for the bicyclists, and do not slow down traffic, and you're going to tell me that on Bluer Street, which is fairly narrow, that's why they built a subway along there, you're going to enhance traffic, and She talked about pedestrian traffic. Yes, they get off the subway or they get off buses to go in. Uh, When a guy hasn't got a place to park to go to a restaurant with his girlfriend or his family, uh, they're not going to bring them in from other parts of the city. These people are not going to stop for cigarettes or uh, dry cleaning or anything when there's nowhere to park. Why would he walk back in the rain when he can pull into some other place further up that has parking? If you restrict parking on Bloor Street, you're taking business away. And we all know small business is the guts of, well, the politicians keep telling us that, are the guts of, uh, of the city thriving. That's how they kill places like Detroit and that, by taking away the downtown core. We okay. want people in the downtown core. And let's
1: uh, get a response here from Yvonne Bambrick, who is our cycling expert here today with us on Fight Back, Zoomer Radio. The number of on-street parking spaces would drop from 280 to 135 on Bloor between Shaw and Avenue Road. Can you address Ed's concern there?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, parking is the third rail when it comes to uh, urban planning uh, and changing our streets. But the, the one of the other reasons that this section was chosen, there is uh, quite a bit of off-street Green Pea parking lot access in the area. And I, one of the things that the BIA will be studying is that, I believe, I, I need to confirm that, but the city will be looking at this. This is a pilot project. They're trying it out. Um, so the parking wasn't used at capacity throughout, you know, the 20s. So there's room to move. There's still going to be parking. Um, But yeah, if we're going to, the cities are a place, they're they're constantly changing, right? We have to reevaluate how we use that space. And if we're using it for storage (laughs) instead of moving people, which is what they're intended for, I mean, we really do have a lot of room in those parking lots that are off the street.
1: You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I was pleasantly surprised last year going uh, to Kerner Hall one day and there was a Green Pea parking lot. Well, several of them on the offshoots mm-hmm. of Bloor just to the north. And there was a spot and there was no problem to park there all day. So yeah. I, I take your point. And for those with
2: mobility issues who who may have their um, their the sticker in the window that allows them to park, th- there's still going to be places for them to pull over uh, for access and that sort of thing and for dropping off, uh, taxis dropping people off. The, the, the city has really considered this stuff properly in their design. And again, it's a trial. So where if there's
1: issues in certain points, they'll, they'll tweak the design. Let's get Bob's opinion. Bob, you're calling from Toronto. Go ahead.
4: In my view, that um, bicycle lanes or streets that have bicycles on should not mix with traffic. So that they should take maybe certain streets going north and south, east and west, and make them bicycle only. Oh. It won't have them mixed on the street because it is too dangerous. And it, um, like, bicycles, they're not as stable as normal. And the other problem is you put a bicycle lane, it's there year-round. Really, bicycles are only used in the good weather. They're not used in the wintertime. And then you're restricting the traffic. So I would try and keep the bicycles off the roads that cars are on, maybe widen sidewalks and give them a lane right on the sidewalk so they're not on on the with the traffic of the cars because... It is dangerous. I bought a brand-new bicycle. I went two blocks on a city street, and I don't have the bicycle anymore. It is too dangerous. But if I could drive it on the sidewalk, which I can't, I would have kept the bicycle because I figure that's much safer than driving with the traffic.
1: Okay, thank you for your comments, Bob. I want to get Yvonne's response. You brought up a couple of issues. What about that? Is that viable, having bike-only streets?
2: You know, I'd love to see... Things like King Street, there is a proposal: King Street being made transit um, and bike and pedestrian only. Who knows? But I think th- I think it. We forget that streets aren't just about getting through, right? Where the streets are destinations, and you can't just say you can only ride on that street, so you can't bike to your destination. Imagine if we did that to cars. I mean, you can't. We do. <laughs> Some cities do it quite well, and and they're thriving, and businesses is, uh, businesses are doing well, but bikes are a whole different nimble type of transportation they're much friendlier than cars are fewer impacts on the people around them but all that to say um i think was it bob i think bob could use a copy of my book i think if he had read the information in there he'd feel more confident to to ride his bike um and bike infrastructure allows people like bob to feel safer to be out on the street but Right now, we've got a lot of places where bikes, which are vehicles under the Highway Traffic Act, are sharing the road with cars, and we all, you know, we have a right to be there. Um, and we all have to get along in those spaces while we're transitioning parts of our city to have separated cycle tracks
1: like this proposal on Bloor Street. And we will give you information on Yvonne Bambrick's book at the end of the show before one o'clock. We also want to hear from you on your comments about sharing the road. Uh, We've discussed pedestrian safety, bike safety, very important in a city that is becoming more cycling friendly as time goes on 416-360-0740 1866 744 and the comment about the winter time that there aren't as many cyclists in the winter how how valid is that there are fewer
2: cyclists in the winter but you know we don't use those baseball diamonds in the parks much in the winter so should we not have those i mean it's infrastructure we things get more used at certain times of year absolutely but i've been riding year round for I don't know since 2000. It took me a while to get used to it, but um, it's you can do it. It's 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 not about. I don't know. It's about clothing, right? If you're right. dressed for it, if you can get to a ski hill, you can probably ride your bike in the winter. We've had very little snow this year, so it's been a glorious winter. If you dress
1: right, you can do it. I know our producer, Justin Ecock, drives, rides his bike year I round. That today. And uh, I'm always amazed at the type of weather he'll come in on. But as you say, if you're dressed properly. Again, 416 360 0740 740 Right back with more about a bike lane pilot project.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Jane Brown. We're talking about a proposal for a
1: bikeway pilot project on Bloor Street between Shaw and Avenue Road. Still needs to be approved at City Council, but it does bring up the topic of sharing the roads. We have Yvonne Bambrick in with us. She is the executive director of the Forest Hill Village Business Improvement Area and author of the book The Urban Cycling Survival Guide. We'll go to Stan from Toronto. Your comment on bike lanes?
4: Uh, yes uh, i think that's a good start that uh, bike lane from uh, Shaw Street to uh, Avenue Road is a good start but i was just wondering if uh, Yvonne would know whether that is a protected uh, uh uh lane bike lane
2: or is it going to be just uh, painted painted on the, on a On the
1: pavement. Okay, good question.
2: So portions of it will be physically protected. Uh, There's going to be about three different treatments. So what they've had to do in the design is figure out what will fit in what part of the street because the street context changes along the way so they've used a variety of different treatments portions of it are absolutely physically separated um, so you know they've, they've put in as much separation as possible within this uh, within this stretch
1: what is the most successful form of bike lanes is it the actual divided by concrete barriers well it
2: really depends on on the context you don't want to be trapping a bike into a, a section because if there's somebody parked in it because they can go over the, anyway. They're physically separated, where there is some physical protection, uh, is the best case scenario. But that that context varies um, across the city, and, and depending on what city you're talking about, and, and the treatment that was chosen. So. Yeah, I couldn't give you an exact answer to that. And
1: what is it about Bloor Street? Why Bloor Street for this pilot project?
2: Well, Bloor Street has long been sought after because it's that east-west connector across the center of the city. Um, There's no streetcar tracks there. There's no buses going along there. Uh, We've got the subway that runs below. So it's this great connector, and... uh, Cycling advocates and and the transportation department uh, see this as a great sort of a spine off of which the rest of the network can go. So if we can get that in place all the way across eventually, you know, maybe there's portions where we can't have physical separation, but we can have a, a typical bike lane. It will make a huge difference. It really does allow people to connect into the city.
1: Four one six three six zero zero seven forty one eight six six seven forty four seven forty on our toll free line. Nell from Sarnia, your comments. Oh. Hello. Hi, Nell.
5: Hi. Um, I have been to the Netherlands in the last few years. Wonderful. And I wanted to make a comment about how they have the bike lanes there. In many cities, the sidewalks are divided. And they even have two separate colors. So the normal concrete would be the walking area, and then they would have maybe a green or a pink sort of concrete on a part of it, and that would be the bicycle lane. And it's very safe, and it works very, very well.
1: So the, sidewalk is, the sidewalk is split for pedestrians and for cyclists?
5: Exactly, okay. exactly. And, uh, well, uh, of course, you have to use common sense. The cyclists sometimes have to you know, make way for cyclists coming the other way, but if they have them on both sides of the street, then it's one way for cyclists on one side and another way for cyclists on the other side. So it seems to work very well, and it's very safe. I hadn't cycled since I was a child, and getting on a bicycle there was no problem because you always felt safe.
1: We really can yeah. learn from other countries, can't we? Absolutely.
2: We have no excuse. Um, and we're, we're getting there because of, of experiences. People have traveled. They've seen what's possible. Um, so what N- Nell just described uh, was a version of a separated cycle track. They've been able over time to adapt, like fully adapt their, their infrastructure and build it out that way so that it is about the same height as, as, the, as the sidewalk. Uh, here, we're still in that experimentation phase. We're putting in um, on-street separation. We're, we're sort of figuring out what's going to work for Toronto. Um, so we're in the early stages. It's only the last, well, Sherburne was the first separated cycle track, and that was only two or three years ago now. So we're getting there. We're learning. These guys, you know, the Netherlands are well ahead of us when mm-hmm. it comes to accommodating bicycles for transportation, but we're, we're on our way. And as Nell exp- explained, you, you feel safe. In that context, when, you, when you have protection.
1: Right, that's the biggest part of it, isn't yeah. it? That you, everybody feels safe. You feel welcome
2: safe. on a bike and that it's a choice you can make right. it to get around.
1: Right, and pedestrians feel safe yeah. as well in that scenario. Debbie from Scarborough, what would you like to offer to the conversation? Hello? Hi, go ahead, oh, Debbie.
5: No, I'm just wondering, all these, we're giving up, you know, the autos are giving up the roads and the bicycles have replaced apart. Why don't they have to have a license?
0: Okay,
2: let's get to that very quickly. Uh, well if if the city of Toronto was going to license bicyclists they would have done so by now they've adu- they've addressed it over four times in the last 10 15 years at council and it doesn't make a lot of sense um, it, there are really no cities in North America that license cyclists there's maybe a couple of relics somewhere but it's just it, it, it's a waste of human resources and the 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 all the sort of red tape and, and the background of getting people licensed in the first place, and then and then the police resources being wasted on right. checking whether or not you have a license when they should be focusing on egregious mistakes in traffic, right? right. So. It's just it's, it's not a worthwhile
1: pursuit. Before we wrap up the show, uh, there's a very interesting portion of your book, uh, Cycling As We Age. And here at Zoomer Media, we specialize in that. So I wanted to give mm-hmm. you an opportunity to talk about riding your bike into your golden years and well beyond.
2: Well, I wanted to address cycling for all ages, so there's a section in there about riding with your kids, and then there's a section for as we age and the different types of bicycles that you can use to make it more comfortable for you so that you can stay active or get active again, right? I know a a lot of folks that aren't so comfortable driving anymore, but they still want to have their personal mobility and freedom to get around, and so, you know... Let's look at a tricycle, right? Two wheels at the back. We've got beautiful adult tricycles. You've got stability there. You can put your groceries in the back and do little, you know, little errands around around your neighborhood. There's all kinds of different options. I've addressed them in the book. And, you know, physical and mental health and even the social aspects of riding – are so important at any age. But especially as we get older, you know, it's a great way to get outside and to be social with friends and,
1: and to get a bit of exercise. Yvonne, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yvonne Bambrick is the Executive Director of the Forest Hill Village Business Improvement Area, and you can pick up her book. It's called The Urban Cycling Survival Guide.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1.